today's episode. I'm really excited to be able to share this episode with you because I've got a, a good friend of mine, Gary Farmer, who's who's uh, joined me on today's episode. G'day, Gary. G'day. How are we? Very good, mate. Um, really grateful to have him here. So I think the best way to start is to tell a bit of a story about when we first met. I think that's probably a good place to start. So back in, I met Gary in April 2015. Yeah, that's a few years ago now, but yeah, that's where we met. It is. And so, um, Gary, as you can probably tell, is from the UK. Um, he'll tell a bit more of his story in just a second. But we met 2015 when I was, uh, we were, we owned our gym, Rising Up Fitness, and um, we were on the hunt for personal trainers. And Gary came in um, to apply for the personal training role and clearly got the role. So, worked for us for a couple of years after that. But um, something that really stood out to me was that Gary only had one leg. So he came in and applied just like everybody else and went through the process and was far and away the best candidate, hence the reason that he got the job. Um, but he had one leg and so lives his life on on crutches, which doesn't seem like, as he explains it in a minute, it doesn't seem like a huge deal to him. But for me, that seems like a huge deal. So, But what's really impressed me about Gary is his determination and his ability to uh, just go and do whatever the heck he wants, no matter what it is, just like everybody else, and doesn't think of himself as disabled or um, anything like that. And so we're going to lis- listen to a little bit of Gary's story and how he's dealt with some of the challenges he's faced in life, and in fact, gone after some of the challenges, really, to try and make life just a little bit tougher. <laughs> just make it interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's there. right. <laughs> I love it. So, so Gary, I'll hand over to you, and maybe if you can start by telling... Um, maybe introduce yourself, I guess, but tell a bit about how, how you lost the leg in the first place. Yeah, well, uh, I lost my leg in a, a car accident in 1990, so I was only five at the time. Um, we were driving down the road and our car broken down. Um, as we were stopped, a lorry just ploughed into the back of us. Um, I was still in the uh, back seat of the car and I was on the corner where the lorry hit, so I took the brunt of the, the hit as well. So it crushed my leg, uh, you know, crushed uh, quite a few body parts along the way, but the main one was the leg. So I was unconscious for two weeks, and in that time, they tried to save more and more of the leg. But obviously, uh, during that time, they ended up taking it just just shy of the hip. So I'm a high level amputee. So from the age of five, that was me. That's it. You're an amputee now. Off you go. And there was a few struggles of especially early on trying to use um, prosthetics and things like that, which I used up until I was about 18. But it was always fighting against it a little bit. So for me, growing up, that was the more tough bit of having one leg, was just trying to get my head around how I was going to get around. So crutches were always the favourite for me. Once I got to 18, I think I broke a leg playing cricket once, and it took them nearly three months to fix it. So... After that, you just go, right, I'm not going to be able to rely on this, so I'll get by without it. And ever since then, I've never really looked back. So I can do everything I want to do on crutches anyway. So yeah, right. off you go. Was it was it harder to get the, the prosthetic to work because it was so high up? Is yeah, that exactly what? that. So when you see a lot of the, the runners you'll see on TV, are, are, they have a lot longer stump to actually work with, so they can actually attach right. something a little bit better. So I'm so high, there's, there's not much of a socket to, to really control it, so the leg ends up having waist straps, shoulder straps, which tend to hold you down, and pretty uncomfortable as well. So they just don't really work in the long term. They I can walk in them, and I can play cricket in them and stuff like that, but ultimately they're not that comfortable. 
I don't really want to wear something for 18, 19 hours a day if it's not very comfortable. So (laughs) I'll pass. (laughs) Fair enough. So you um, obviously were young when that happened. Is there any memories that you have when you first got home? Do you remember much about that when you first got, when you first lost the leg? The first probably memories of me looking back now is even in some of the hospitals that I stayed at. So I was in hospital for a good few months was just trying to get myself around there was a like almost like a belly board so it was like a board that they put casters on the bottom so i could actually use my arms to propel myself around the wards and stuff like that it's little things like that that i remember um and there was obviously quite a bit of rehab in there as well which yeah i'll tell you now it's not great but you know you go through it and you know you have to do it so you know it's not going to be pleasant but it's there for a reason and it's part of the recovery process as well So obviously, because it happened so early in your life, that became that was just what it was in your yeah. life. But how did your parents deal with that in your the for the the furthest back memories that you can remember? How did they treat you um, with your you know not having a leg? The best thing I can always say about this is my parents didn't treat me any differently from my older brother. So he was two and a half years older than me. So I actually grew up more with him and by his rules as well so i grew up playing cricket with his friends so it's all right off you go you'll figure it out somehow and it's that mentality of well you may as well get out there and play with him because you're not gonna be able to do anything on your own so they just kind of let me go and just let me find my own way and just supported me in whatever decision i made so the fact that when i came to do sports later on they just went yeah go for it because there's no there was no hang up there there was no trying to wrap me in cotton wool to try and keep me safe it's well kids will be kids and what's the worst that can happen now you've already lost a leg (laughs) (laughs) you can't get much well i say you can't get much worse so you just played cricket with him you did everything that played soccer with him played cricket with him um, and on cricket teams and yeah yeah. i did youth cricket um able-bodied youth cricket and played high you know decently high grade cricket back in england as well so it was just a matter of well you'll figure it out figure your own way and doing it Yep. So, yeah, that's that's their mentality was, well, just get out there and get on with it. I love it. So yeah. no fuss approach. No fuss approach. Tough love a little, a little bit. A little bit, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, certain things that would always frustrate me is not being able to run with a false leg when I used to use one. And then, well, building close then so you don't have to run. It's that. I love it. Just find the solution. Find the solution, not, not pander to the problem. So it was really just... Oh, I think that is a great point. Find the solution, don't pander to the problem. The If we scoot forward just a little bit. So in 2001, you, you started playing, uh, I get the name right, uh, para ice hockey. Yeah, is that right? as it is now, yeah. Um, back then it was called sledge hockey, so... It got rebranded a few years ago, but it's basically the Paralympic version of ice hockey. So I was uh, in a shopping centre in where I lived in uh, in the UK, and a guy who actually played at the time just stopped me in the street and said, have you ever heard of this sport? And I went, no, I haven't. So he said, well, we're starting a team up locally. Do you want to come down and have a go? So, And it's ever since then I've been playing. So it was thanks to Bill Levick, wherever he is, and uh, that I got introduced to this you know wonderful sport that, I've had such a good run with. I still play now. I still coach now. So it's something that is just starting up over here as well. So over the last 18 years, I've been really pushing it. And really, that's been one of my core drives of going places and doing things has been around the hockey. Now, interestingly enough, I I did say when we did the introduction to this podcast series that I'm not going to be interviewing celebrities and sports stars, but Gary is actually a bit of a sports star. He represented Great Britain in 
um, para ice hockey as well. And that's not how I knew him. No, that's it. That's, <laughs> but, but, um, that was always a side note that yeah. that's where I've, I've done that as well. But so that was in at the uh, 2000, 2006? Yeah, the 2006 para games, uh, para games in Turin. So I was just honoured to be there, to be honest. It was one of those where we're not, as GB, we're not one of the top tier teams. So to just qualify to get there yeah. is massive. So, you know, we're playing against uh, Italy, which is their home home nation having you know three or four thousand people screaming at you is a different experience in itself so just forget the game itself it's just the experience of that atmosphere was just incredible yeah love it i love it so something that really struck me as we uh with your attitude to things was as we own the gym there were certain things that i'd watch you do on a day-to-day basis right uh one of those things that really stood out to me was as we were getting ready to participate in tough mutter um, you would frequently go into the group fitness room, set up a beep test, yeah. and run a beep test on your crutches. Now, I would stand on, I would think about that, and I talk to people about it. And I think that's just amazing. What, what, um, what goes through your head as you're sort of setting up with your crutches, ready to do a beep test? Probably the same as what goes through my yeah, head, I exactly. guess. <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh my god, this is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's the beep test in itself. But I'm about to vomit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to love vomit. That's that's generally what you think. Um, the beep test is one of those things where, yes, I can run on crutches and I've done park runs and all that kind of stuff as well. But it's more for running on crutches is not the not the easiest thing for me. If I'm looking to do cardio in the gym, chuck me on a row machine, I can go all day. Yeah. But running has always been the hard one. So when the idea of Tough Mudder came up, I knew that running would be a big part of it. So get better at it because it's going to be a massive part of that day. So. Um, I remember setting up in the gym, I did the, the bleep test as well for the shorter sprints, but I also did, um, I set four cones up and did like a, a lap and I worked out it was about 25 meters a lap. So if you, you know, four, four laps, you're doing hundred meters. So if you're looking to do two Ks, you need to times that out and you need not hundred laps. So off you go, start doing hundred laps. Yep. And that's just trying to get yourself just used to running, just used to just pounding it out, try and find a pace that I can keep. So that when I went to Tough Mudder, it wasn't just, oh, what am I doing? I've got 20Ks to do. I need to figure out a way of doing this. I've actually done a bit of the homework before, and actually I can run for about 2Ks without hurting myself. And what part of your body hurts the most when you're running? Hands. 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 um, The way I run as well, there's almost like a skip in the middle. So it's hands and calves. So the calf does that that particular uh, part of the movement. So hands and then calves is the one that will ache first but if i turn back the pace it's hands that go first but over time like because you're walking on your hands all day yeah right so you so they don't hurt during the day just on a normal day your hands no, start to hurt no they won't because a lot of the stuff you do during the day is short you don't you're not spending a whole day walking around constantly it's that constant that ends up hurting my hands um i've done kind of like say long distance stuff before when I went hiking and all that kind of stuff, it's just that long distance that you just know you have to bandage your hands up so that you, they don't blister. Yeah. It's a lot like your feet, where as soon as you blister your feet, you're done. So my hands are the same. Um, if you, you know, a couple of years ago, I've done the Machu Picchu Trail, which is a four-day hike, and I knew that that's the only way I could do that is to pace myself out so that by the end of it, my hands would still be in a condition to still walk. So it's just a matter of pacing yourself out, putting yourself 
know, tape your hands, put, giving you the right precautions so that when you're coming to do the event, you're not caught off guard, you're not pushing yourself way beyond your physical capability, but you've actually thought about it and gone, right, I need to do this, this, and this, and then I'll be fine. So a bit of preparation bit is of preparation. important for you as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do think about things and I go, all right, I need to do this and this and I'll be all right. Something that was really, really stood out to me was we did Tough Mudder together. So that's yeah. a 20 kilometer race. Interestingly enough, I left early. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go and play in a gig yeah. that was miles away. So I had to leave early. But so 20 kilometers, yep. massive hills, more than any other yeah. Tough Mudder I've done. That one was brutal. Um, you did it all on your crutches. Yep. Um, and I remember we get to each of the challenges. You pass me your crutches. Yeah. I'd hold them. You go and do it. And then I give them to you on the other side. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but along the trail, you'd have a lot of people coming up. Oh, you're inspiring, mate. Oh, you're. And I could see that was frustrating you just a little bit. So yeah. what, what, what are your thoughts when people do that? I appreciate that they don't mean it in any derogatory way. It's if somebody comes up to me and they're, say they're early 20s. Oh, you're inspirational, mate. You're doing really well. I've been on crutches longer than you've been alive. So I've actually been walking on crutches longer than you've been walking. So <laughs> That's a great it's point. not that inspirational when you think, I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, I'm pretty good at this and I know how to walk on them. So it's it sometimes comes across as just a little bit hard to take. I appreciate that that's not what they mean by it. Yeah, yeah. So I do understand that and I do appreciate it. Um, I think after a while, you obviously you saw how I was <laughs> taking that. So every time somebody said, "Oh, you're doing really inspirational, mate," you even you said, "Thank you very much." <laughs> yeah, and that was that was that was the joke that I needed <laughs> because it kind of made them think. All right, is it you that's the one that's going to be struggling, not me, rather yeah. than the other way around? So that was a bit of a change up. Yeah, a bit of a change up, and it just made people think that. Oh, right, okay. It's not that's not really what I should be saying well done for. Yeah. Um, but I again I do appreciate that it's not very every day you see one a guy with one leg doing tough mudder. No, so and I, I think sometimes as, as human beings, we pity's not the right word, but sometimes we sort of feel almost bad for this person, but they don't feel bad for themselves nah. because they're well, like in your case anyway, because this is the way I live my life and I'm good. Yeah. Thanks very much. Yeah, <laughs> thank, thank you very much. I'm pretty cool at this. Yeah, yeah. so um. Tough Mud has been one of those where I've done, I did the half last year, so, and that was a gentle half as well. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done the full. Um, that was without preparation. I just did the half, and I felt so fine afterwards. I should have done the full. Yeah. But the full it, one the previous year, they had so many hills, and it was seven hours. Uh, yeah, it took me seven hours. The, the hills were the killer on that one. I think they moved it the year after. So I think that's what surprised me when I did the half. I was running most of it, so there was no really steep hills where you had to just trudge the walk i was so glad that we did the full one as well when when we did tough mud of the full because halfway through the day they realized that even the pro athletes were doing it in five hours and that's just unheard of for a tough yeah, mudder. so they shortened the track so they cut out i think it was about four or five k's but we we'd still, already passed, we'd already point. passed yeah. the point so <laughs> we still managed to do the full one and i was always take that away that they realized it was too tough but I still completed. Yeah. So I'm High five. No, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> one win for me on that one. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So um, if we fast forward a little bit of time now, you're now married. Yep. Um, Mel, we, we love Mel. Mel. Mel was a member, member, member of the, of the gym, gym. So yeah, I'm pretty excited meant. about that. Yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, the gym's got a lot to answer for. Um, <laughs> no, we, we met um, obviously in the gym and kept that going while I was back in England before I came back. So 
yeah, it was yeah, married now and enjoying life. So loving living in Australia. That's you know, living with Mal is probably more the more highlight for me. So it's where Mal is and that's where I'm happiest. So I love it. That's awesome. Awesome. So I look at I look at you as someone who just constantly just discounts the disability that you have. Um, I don't even like to say it's a disability because yeah. you don't see it as no. that. Um, totally discounting that, which I love that attitude. You mentioned about um, your mum and dad and how they basically just said, off your shop, like, you yeah. go and do what you would normally do, like as a normal kid. Um, what is what is some advice that you would give to people who maybe are in a similar sort of situation to yours, but not only that, you know, somebody who, um, you know, thinks, thinks life's a bit challenging because they've got, some aches and pains in their body. What 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 advice would you give? I would say the aches and pains we can all we can all we can all yeah. kind of sympathise with that a little bit. But it's it's one of those things where you've just got to kind of go. All right, yeah, aches and pains. But unless you're going to do anything about it, stop complaining about it because complaining means you're going to do something about it, and then you're waiting for it to change. So if you're not going to do anything about it, accept it and then move on. Move on. Look out for something that you enjoy doing and go and do it just it's not all right this is going to hold me back so i can accept that that's there but then still look out and go right i still want to do that is it and is that something that you've always done because it seems to me you're always doing something have you always got a goal to go and get i feel as though i'm i'm happier if i'm busy yeah um other sports have been a massive thing for me so i'm generally always busy with a sport or two so um it's for me that kind of it's always been my release as well so whenever i'm stressed or anything like that i can just go and do the sport and just hammer it out hammer it out in the gym um and it's those things that allow me to relax yeah they hurt and you get the aches and pains afterwards that's part of it so i fully accept that if i'm going to be spending two three hours in a gym i'm going to ache a couple of days afterwards that's a bit of a given so accept that it's going to happen and do it anyway yeah just keep going (laughs) Yeah. yeah so find what it is that you enjoy doing and just go for it. There's no hold back. And I think that's what I got from my parents where if you want to go and play cricket, go and play cricket. Don't just sit there and think you can't just go and play and enjoy it. Enjoy that process. Enjoy that journey because ultimately when you get to your goal, you have to think of another one. Otherwise you're just going to be sat there twiddling your thumbs. So go enjoy the journey, get to your goal, then start give yourself a bit of time, but then look around and go, right, what's my next goal? I need to move forward somewhere, so look at the next one and put the steps in place that you need to to do to get there. So clearly, and so clearly, there would be people listening that maybe do have a disability yeah. and don't have that same level of confidence or commitment or commitment's not the right word, but just the confidence to go and get what they want. What would you say to those ones that just are maybe a little bit scared or a little bit unsure? It's almost you've got to think what's the worst that can happen because if I start a new sport, it's, all right, what's the worst that can happen? All right, I'll suck at it. There's, I'm going to suck at it anyway to begin with. Because <laughs> you're starting a new thing. Exactly. So yeah. why not go out and just see if you enjoy it? You might not. But the worst thing you can say is, all right, I don't enjoy it. I won't go back. There's no, it doesn't go against me as a person. It's not going to be something that, in 10 years' time, somebody's going to remember and go, oh, you didn't enjoy that. Well, yeah, so what? I didn't didn't enjoy it. That's why I didn't go back. So the worst thing you can do is not enjoy something. So you may as well go and try and just find out. Go have a crack anyway. Yeah. You know, do it anyway. Do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's just 
you've you've just got to try these things because you want to try them. Yeah. And you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you can't hold yourself back just because the just in case. Yeah. And it's more those. I don't seem to look for the just in case. I'll go right. I need to get there. All right. There's a few obstacles in the way. How do I get over those obstacles? How do I move past those so I can get to where I want to go to? Yeah. Figure out a way to get around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the thing that really has, has stood out to me as we've spoken today is find out what you can do and not what you can't. So yeah. that seems to be the your theory on everything is like, well, I'm going to have a crack at it and I'll find out what I can, the way that I can still do it. Yes. So when you play cricket, I know that you go and give your crutch to the, to the umpire. umpire and then you go back with one leg. Yeah. And then I'll have a runner. So that's how that has always evolved and worked. So I figured out that's what I need to do, put it in place, and I can do what I still enjoy doing, which is play cricket. And sometimes you fall over? No. I'm Never? Not, no. Wow. I've, <laughs> I love it. It's, like I say, I've, been, I've been on one leg for a long time. <laughs> um, I would struggle. <laughs> yeah. It's, in all fairness, there's, I've had a couple of uh, cricketing where I have fallen over, and it's normally if I've hurt myself which yeah. is generally the, the big one. Um, I remember a few, quite a few years ago now, I, I never used to bat with a helmet. I was terrible for it. I was, I've got a good eye for a cricket ball, so, and I don't pull or hook because of being on one leg, I can't. Yeah. So they're the shots I don't play, which generally put your head in danger anyway. So I never did. Um, one guy put it in short, and I thought, oh, there's a short boundary there. I can just tickle it around the corner. <laughs> I don't really need to pull it. And it's not a shot that I've ever played since. So, and I just tried to turn it, got a top edge into my own face. Oh. And it's, since that day, I'm like, nah, I don't want a black eye every uh, Monday morning after <laughs> cricket. So I'll wear a helmet from now on. But it's it takes those, all right, yeah, I won't do that again. You and learn from it you and you go again. And then you work on it. I would learn from it by, oh, I always wear a helmet. And yeah. also, I never play that shot again. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a double hit on that one, but. I love it's, it. It's things like that where it's it didn't stop me from playing cricket. It just made me go, all right, I can't do that anymore. I'll do that instead. And you know, I've done pretty well in the cricket in in England. So you know, I I enjoyed doing it. That was love it. one of the things. It was I used to play with my dad, so it was always that connection I had with my dad because we'd go and play cricket on, together on Sunday. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I guess from my perspective, you might not think that you're inspiring, but the reality is you are. Just like many other people, whether they've got one leg or not, are inspiring. And I think the one part that stands out to me is when we were doing Tough Mudder, you might not even remember it, but I do. Um, I'm not a fan of the cold water (laughs) at all. And we got in the cold water together. And I was a bit hesitant, would be fair to say, and you're in my ear going, come on, come on, Baron, come on, come on, Baron. Baron. (laughs) Into me and I went, oh, come on, let's go. So I think from my perspective, I'm I'm really glad to have this discussion because I think sometimes we we assume certain things about people. You don't really know. And I've really enjoyed hearing about your attitude to life. But more importantly, I think the way your mum and dad taught you is it's just a great lesson for us, for me as as a parent and probably for other people as well is, don't wrap your kids in cotton wool. Yeah. Get them out there and doing stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's I've seen it a lot with the sports that I've done where you get kids coming through 17, 18 that have been wrapped in cotton wool. And the para ice hockey I play is quite rough. So they just go, oh, no, it's too rough for them. Well, is it too rough for them or is it too rough for you to watch it? Yeah. Um, I'm sure your kid would love to you know, go out and run in the dirt, but you probably don't let them. So just let them, let them. No, yeah, just let them enjoy. What let them have their experiences. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can't 
protect them from something they've not experienced before. So yep. just allow them to, obviously within reason, but allow them to enjoy those things and have a go. Love it. Well, I think that's a good way to finish. Uh, enjoy those things and have a go. Don't wrap them in cotton wool. Get out there and do stuff. Absolutely. I love it. You're a legend, Gary. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Um, and, uh, yeah, once again, as I always say, if you've got some stories of anyone that you know that um, is inspiring, just like Gary and just like Luke we had on uh, just recently, please send them through. We'd love, to, we'd love to chat with them and share their story of people that have just acted in spite of challenges in life. So thanks so much again, Gary, for coming on. Thanks, guys. We'll talk again soon.